At this point, I'd like to transition us to our reading of God's Word and the teaching of God's Word. We are starting our new series in Jonah, and our preachers have been studying diligently and faithfully, and we are excited to be able to share with you today's message. As we listen to God's message of unconditional love and unconditional faithfulness, I encourage you to lean in and to come with open hearts and open minds. To help us with the reading of God's word, we have Jay. Our reading today is from the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it. For their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship, and had lain there, and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. My name is Lyndon, and I'm one of the pastors here. And this morning, we begin a new series on the Old Testament prophetic book of Jonah, one of the great literary masterpieces of the Hebrew Bible, of which you've just heard the first six verses read, where the Lord God of Israel gives a word to his rebel prophet Jonah. Arise, go to Nineveh, he says, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. And Jonah, that great prophet of God, wants nothing to do with it. Instead, he gets up and flees to Tarshish, we're told, away from the presence of the Lord. Tarshish, as far in the opposite direction as possible, from Nineveh. It's a startling introduction. The prophet of God, called by God, directed by God, fleeing from God. He hears the Lord, and Jonah turns away. This seems preposterous. How does someone, a prophet no less, hear the word of the Lord and turn away? It's an idea I've heard from many Christians, atheists, agnostics. And we all seem to agree on this, that if God spoke to me, if he came to me, told me what to do, I would do it. I would listen. I would follow. Wouldn't you? Well, the story of Jonah gives us reason to pause, and to not be so confident. Because it suggests that it isn't so simple and we aren't so good. To presume that if we really knew what God wanted us to do, then we would do it. 
Because is that the case? Or is it the case that we humans are simply the kinds of people who when we hear the word of the Lord, we run? We can all say we'd obey. But here's the thing. What happens when this God actually shows up and actually asks something of us? Something we don't want to do. Perhaps the very thing we're most afraid of doing. Something we know will cost us or hurt us, inconvenience us. What will we do? Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Whether you're a Christian or not, even if you're unsure if there even is a God, this morning you are invited to consider through the story of Jonah that our world may in fact be the kind of world where God, the creator God, speaks. Where he's a God who speaks and has spoken and is speaking. And more, that he's spoken to you is speaking to you. No, we're not all prophets of God, but the scriptures are clear that our God is a speaking God and that all of us, all of us, without exception, hear him and have heard him. As the psalmist says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, They display knowledge. There is no voice that hasn't heard them. The the word of God goes out into all the earth, he says. Or as it says in Romans 1, For what can be known about God is plain, because God has made it plain in the things that have been made. We may deny that there is a God, We may deny that God has spoken, but according to the scriptures, they testify against us that such claims are disingenuous. Because as those made by God for God in the image of God, in God's own world, we know, the scriptures say, we know and we have heard at least enough to honor God as God and offer thanks to him as our maker. And the only question left then, it's not about whether or not we've heard, but it's whether or not we are listening, or whether, like Jonah, we're on the run. Are you listening? Or are you on the run from the God who's made you? Here's the thing. When it comes to running from God, none of us is exempt. And we find this in the story of Jonah, that the scriptures testify against us, that all of us, all of us, like Jonah, don't want to listen. Don't be fooled. Jonah is not the only one who's on the run from God. And again, the question for us is not whether or not we run, but how 
to what extent and in what ways we run from the Lord. What about you, where you're sitting? Maybe you're hearing this and you're not sure whether God exists or what to think about this God. And if that's you, here's what Jonah's story invites you to consider. Could it be that the God who made you, who made the world and everything in it, the land and the sea, as Jonah says a little later, could it be that this God has already been speaking to you, already been pursuing you, already been calling you to know and to walk with him, and most basically, to seek and to honor and to give thanks to the God who's made you? but that you, like Jonah, have been fleeing from the presence of the Lord? Could it be that God has actually made himself sufficiently plain, given us all that we need in order to respond with our lives, to know and to love him, to honor him, to walk with him? And if so, may I ask, what's keeping you from doing so? What are you running for? What in your life have you valued above God that is keeping you from God? Is it your autonomy, reputation, moral freedom? See, the lie is that in running from the Lord and in running from the ways of the Lord, we find freedom and rest. But as Jonah teaches us, there is no rest for the runner. But there's rest in the presence of the Lord. For those who are Christians, we might consider much the same. What are the things that our God has spoken to us? The things we've heard and turned from. Maybe he's asked you to give up a relationship. Maybe he's asked you to speak a hard word to a friend in love to stop speaking of that person behind their back, but to speak to them to their face in love as a true friend. Maybe he's calling you out of an abiding pattern of sin, lust or envy, bitterness or gossip. What is it for you? See, every day, every day, we're confronted with this option to either heed the word of the Lord or to run. And when we run, where do we go? Where do you go? What is your Tarshish? It could be many things. And I'll tell you one thing it is for me. My whole life, I've loved the approval that comes from people. And if I'm honest, any time that my faith has gotten in the way of receiving approval from people, far too often I've sacrificed my integrity and obedience in order to gain that approval. Far too often, I found myself going the other way, fleeing from the word of the Lord, fleeing to Tarshish, instead of walking in obedience to our God. And I could go on about ways in which I can be too cowardly, 
too selfish in my relationships, both in actions and in motives. The many ways I've preferred my own way, my own direction over the ways of the Lord. What about for you? You see, church, we too are a people who have heard from the Lord and turned from the Lord. We're a people who, in greater and lesser ways, are on the run from God. But as we see here, even as with Jonah, the Lord graciously intervenes. He intervenes in our runaway and renegade ways. Verse 3, But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But, says verse 4, but the, but the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. You see, the Lord is not indifferent to Jonah's running away, and he isn't indifferent to our running away either. And there is a particular word here for those who belong to the Lord, for those of you who have been baptized, marked out by God through faith. That the Lord will not let you off easy. Be warned, for those of you who are children of this God, he is a God who comes after his people. You won't be let off easy. He's far too committed to you. So if you choose to flee from God, from the presence of God, as did Jonah, you can be sure of this. The Lord, your God, will come after you. And one of the ways he does this is through the storm. What did you think your sufferings were all about? While you were on the run, who did you think sent the storms that you experienced? But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Now, let me be clear about this. I don't mean to suggest that every bit of our suffering happens as a direct consequence of our running away from God. That's not what I'm saying. Because if the book of Job shows us anything about suffering, it's precisely that this is not how suffering works. It's not a tit-for-tat relationship. We do wrong, and then God punishes us. That's not how suffering works under God. And yet, the dynamic that we see here with Jonah, where God himself sends a storm, sufferings, trials, toward his people for their good, this is all over the Bible. This is what God does. He disciplines those he loves, we're told. He cuts off that he might restore. He prunes branches that they might bear fruit. He hides his face, but not forever. He wounds and he heals. And he's a God who sends storms and stills them with a word.
And in all such stories of stormy sufferings, we find that of this we can be sure, that God, our God, is absolutely 100% without a doubt committed to using the storms in our lives for our good and for his glory, which is our good. That for whatever reason, and I can't explain it, but I can only observe it, the Lord has foreordained, he's seen fit to use storms, often surprising and confusing amounts of suffering, to cause his creatures to turn to him. Storms to refine, even warn us and keep us from the full and final storm that, that exists apart from him, which is hell, the hell that exists apart from God. Continuing on into verse 5. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And this, this may sound primitive to us. Enlightened modern people looking to gods in times of trouble. But what about you? When your life gets out of control, to whom do you cry out? Where do you go? In the midst of the pain and disappointments of life and death, where do you go? You see, we all go somewhere. We all look to something, to someone, to some God to save us. Whether wealth or comfort, acceptance or acclaim, a partner, some pacifier, what is it for you? It's an amazing thing that happens next that reveals what it is for Jonah. Our prophet Jonah who himself had been running from God, after his own comforts, plans, goals, what have you, now here, when everything comes crashing down, even on the run, even heading far from God, Jonah is instructed then to call out to his God. And what I want us to notice here is that even in running from God, Jonah's God is still his God. And I believe somebody listening needs to hear this. That though you're running and are on the run from God, from the God of your youth, from the God of your parents, from the God who's been your God, that even though you've run from him and you may continue to run, that he is still your God. He's still for you. And still with you, that when crisis hits, when the storm comes, even though you've been running, God is still your God. He's been with you, never left you, still is with you, even and perhaps especially in the storm that you now endure. So, In this passage, in the story of Jonah, we found that our God speaks. He speaks to us, to all of us. He has spoken and is speaking, even now. And so the question finally that we come to, that we're faced with, is this. 
Will we heed the word of the Lord, or will we, like Jonah, turn away and run? Will you choose in your everyday decisions where the word of the Lord has come to you, been brought to bear on your life, where you know what the Lord is calling you to do, what will you do? Will you listen, or will you go your own way? Let's be honest. Not one of us is better than Jonah. When we hear the word, especially a hard word, not one of us listens every time, obeys every time. We just don't. We love the things that we love. Ease and reputation, status and approval, things and more things. And when God gets in our way, when his word gets in our way, all too often we run. The Lord speaks in all of creation, and we live as though he doesn't exist. We run. The Lord speaks to us in his word, clear instruction about how to live the good and abundant life, and we run. And what's even more shameful is that when the ultimate word of the Lord, the word of the Father, the word made flesh, the word incarnate, Jesus Christ, in history— When he comes, we run. We reject him. We, Jew and Gentile, detractors and disciples, we all together come to reject him, abandon him, run from him. And so all together are exposed as those who run from the word of the Lord. But there is good news yet. For all us traitors and infidels, for the runaways and rebels, we've got a friend in Jonah. His story is good news to you because it assures us of this. That even when you go your own way, the Lord, the Lord will come after you. And not in spite of the storm but even in and through and under the storms of life. He tests us every moment, Job says. He commands and raises the stormy wind, the psalmist says, which lifts the waves of the sea, and he sends this storm to swallow up the wisdom of men, that they might be delivered. That's Psalm 107. And so, to all God's runaway children, Hear this clearly. He's coming after you. And in the storm, he invites you, is calling you to turn to him. Will you turn to him? How do we know that he's coming? This is an important question. How do we know that God so pursues the runaway. Well, here's how. Though Jonah heard the word of the Lord and ran, though we hear the word of the Lord and run, there's one who heard the word of the Lord and obeyed, Jesus Christ. 
And where Jonah failed, Jesus succeeds. Where Jonah refused, Jesus goes to the nations, preaches repentance, and sets the captives free. See, Jesus is nothing less than the new and the greater Jonah. The story of Jonah proclaims him. And all of this is foreshadowed right here at the end of our text. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And little did Jonah know that centuries later, another prophet would find himself in the same situation with mariners on another boat, asleep in the midst of another storm, awoken by other frantic men calling on him for help. But this greater Jonah, Jesus, would not cry out to his gods, but would speak directly to the storm, be still. And what's more, For Jesus, this new and greater Jonah, the greater storm was yet to come. It would happen on wood of a different kind, not on a boat, but on a cross. And on the cross, Jesus would call out to his God, like Jonah, that perhaps the God would give a thought to us that we may not perish. And as with Jonah, God would hear his prayer accepting his sacrifice that you and I might live, that runaways would be brought home. If you've heard nothing else in the sermon this morning, hear this. Because of Jesus, even in the midst of our storms, in our sufferings and trials, we know that there's one who's entered into the storm with us, suffered with us, and even now calls us to join in his sufferings, to walk in his path, even as we hear his promise. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, Jesus says. I have overcome the world. Amen.